Hello and welcome to 866 Politics. I'm one of your hosts, Ellis Dillian Southern. And from a socially distanced 866 miles away, I am your cooler host, Anna Cernich. Dude, I did not know that's how you pronounced your last name. What? I thought it was... Are you serious? <laughs> I thought it was... Wait, say it again. Cernich. Yeah, I thought it was Cernich or something. Oh my god. <laughs> I... I meant to ask you how to pronounce it like a while ago, but I never had to pronounce it because... I had a piano teacher for six years that never pronounced it right once and it got too late to correct her. Six hopefully years? She, hopefully she doesn't, hopefully she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> hey, <Really>. piano teacher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we bring you our first episode of Our Child, <laughs> 866 Politics, um, which is basically just a fun project that me and Anna decided to do because... We find each other hilarious. Um, so should we get into why we created the podcast or how we how we met? We should probably do that first. Yeah, let's 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 cover that first. OK, so we met. When did we meet? Was it May? May? I think it was uh, probably closer to late April. Yeah, no, no, because I think I got accepted into women in politics in May. We got to we got to get the historical records. Oh, OK. OK, so basically we meant we met. We met through a this nonprofit organization called uh, Women in Politics, which if you're from Women in Politics and you're listening, hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, but we met through that, which it's basically just um, mostly online. And it we create a monthly magazine of like political content. And me and Anna were designated as the two writing leaders. Somehow designated. That's not how we got there. But. I don't. Honestly, I still question that to this day. Like, how did they decide that we... I'm glad it happened. No, I'm glad it happened too. Because that's, I mean, that's how we met. I remember you created a group chat of me <laughs> and then... <laughs> this other girl can I say her name Do you yeah probably okay Catherine hey Catherine if you're listening um but she then became later on came became the executive director but me and Anna are still the writing leaders and Anna created this group chat it was like hey guys my name's Anna <laughs> I was enthusiastic <laughs> we're very enthusiastic and it was just yeah looking back it was so adorable so that's how we met and uh we both still work with that organization we're both still writing leaders but we became so close through working together and everything and um i think the real moment when we realized that (laughs) (laughs) it was powerpoint night it was powerpoint night so you explained that because that was kind of your whole idea anyways um well we did a powerpoint where uh we kind of based it off of hinduism which i'm not familiar with but the only thing i know about hinduism is that when you're bad in your first life you reincarnate as an animal and so we did which animals different um, misogynistic politicians would reincarnate as and why. And it was, it, was a, it was a success. I mean, I think if we would have taken that to like the Golden Globes or something, it would have gone viral. What are the Golden Globes? What are the Golden Globes? I don't know. I just, either that or Emmys or whatever. What are the other ones? The Tonys? I don't the know. Tonys? There's like, there's Tonys. There's, God, we sound probably really dumb. Moving on. Um, <laughs> No, so we did this PowerPoint night, and it was specifically male, male misogynistic politicians. Yes, yes. Because there are there are there are women one out there, but we didn't do those. But it was honestly a hit. We got on this big Zoom meeting with a bunch of people from women in politics. We presented. We spent first of all, we spent three hours on that presentation. <laughs> we spent like fifteen minutes in it. But yeah. it was like this whole thing, and I really think that was the beginning of 
us realizing that we're um, really funny. And yes, we were for a podcast. Yeah, so then we were like, dude, I think it was the end of December when we were like, dude, this could, this could be a thing. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I was on, um, I was visiting family in Colorado and I get a text from Ella <laughs> and she had been broken up with. And she wanted a gift from me and I was unable to give her a gift, but what she wanted was a podcast. And so yeah. we started and here we are like three months later. Yeah, and we're both very busy people, so it took a while to, like, figure <laughs> out, like, a day where we could, like, sit down. Um, but anyway, so that's how we met. That's how this politics came about. Um, we want to, like, make it known that this podcast is super casual. This is basically just me and Anna's, it's like, like, it's, like, like, super cash, you it's know? It's super cash. It's, like, cashmere cash. Cashmere, <laughs> cashmere casual. Uh, because honestly, I don't think we have a lot, a lot of time to make it the most professional, like big no. deal. So our just kind of- I like to invite like Harvard economic econ- economist. Um, I'm stuck with Ella. And you know yeah. what? She's just as good. I'm just, I'm basically a Harvard professor. Just right? without the title. Without the title. Without the They're title, but with the brain. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not a very, I mean, maybe we'll do super cool stuff like that, but uh, we don't, you know, this is a, we're, we're going to put in, we're going to get out what we put in. Watch us go famous. And then we look back on this podcast and it's like, mm-hmm. we might do super cool stuff like that. Hey, future Ella and Anna, if you're listening to this and you're really successful based off this podcast, good for you, but we really weren't expecting that. <laughs> also, we love you. Also, we love you and we hope you're doing well. But uh, yeah, we don't really expect this to go anywhere. We're just doing it for us. If you're listening this far in, just kudos to you. Yeah, like, listen, if you've, already, if you've already tolerated our conversation at this point, good for you. And we appreciate you and love you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, right. Is there anything else out? that we need to cover? Should we cover yeah. like uh, protocol maybe? Oh, yeah, we can do that. So we don't really have a set schedule of when we're posting yet, just because, like I said, we're both uh, very busy people. Um, I think we will have a set schedule eventually. We just need to see, like, how much work it is to, like, edit and upload these podcasts. Plus, we have yet to be approved for Spotify um, because you have to, like, listen, no, you have, I was looking into this. You have to, like, already have created, like, one episode and then you have to, like, submit it. So, like, it might be a little while. So, I don't know. We're just, we're feeling it out. Again, super casual. Cashmere casual. Cashmere casual. Um, Cashmere casual. So, uh, based off of uploading schedule, we do not know the specifics. Um, Yeah, but, I mean, each episode is just going to be kind of us covering the news. Uh, We don't, we're not claiming to be experts um, because we aren't. Because we are, are you 17 or are you 18? I'm 17. Okay, and I'm 16. I'm about to turn... Um, 17. So you're about to turn 17. Yeah. Well, in April, don't get too excited. Oh, all right. We gotta cut that part out. Cut that part out. We just, um, but we're both young, so we're obviously not experts. Um, so that is a disclaimer. Um, you know, don't if you if you know something, if you know a topic better than us, just invite yourself onto the podcast at this point. Honestly, like we at will- this point, it's just us kind of like looking at the news and saying our thoughts 
from a teenage perspective. I also hope that it'll be somewhat useful if you are our age group out there, because I think a lot of times I look at the news and I'm like, uh, that looks really complicated and I don't understand any of that. So hopefully we can be of service and kind of uh, put it in simplistic terms. It's pretty um, much just a hybrid of call her daddy and NPR. Dude, yeah. It's just our like, brand. Yeah, it's like the brainchild of both. And I love it. And you would so, think they couldn't be, there couldn't be a brainchild there, but there is. And so. Also, I just want everyone to know that <laughs> I'm on FaceTime with Anna right now, <laughs> but we're both muted. So it's just our faces. So we're looking at each other, but then we're recording on Zoom because apparently the audio recording is like better quality if you turn off your cameras. So this whole setup is very complex. So I'm like working on it. well, though. It is. Uh, I'm very proud of us. It's very janky, but that is this entire thing. This entire project is just. It's, it's all, it's a startup and it will remain a startup. <laughs> it won't get, it won't possibly, move past that stage. Totally. I don't think it's going to get past that. And that's exactly what we anticipate. So it's okay. <laughs> that is okay. our expectation. So I think we've covered, um, just about every, all the intro stuff, um, if you want to know more about us, or if you have more questions about our <laughs> friendship journey, which I'm sure you do. Contact our publicity agents. Yeah, which is us. <laughs> so DM us on Instagram if you really, really care. We also have a... Can we be each other's publicity agents? Yeah, so if you have questions about Anna, you have to go through me. And vice versa. And vice versa. We have an Instagram set up for the podcast because I guess that's just what you have to do. <laughs> the only way that people are going to be able to find it. Oh, okay. Well, I guess, yeah. I, it just feels really cheesy, like, shouting out our podcast, like, Instagram, but I'm going to do it anyways. All right. It's just at 866politics. Yeah. Should we, oh my god, should we create a, a Twitter? Oh my gosh, we should, yeah. We got okay, we'll do that after we film this, because I feel like that <laughs> could get... We're so <laughs> I feel like that could get really entertaining. I don't know. Um, okay, so I think we've covered everything yeah. about that. So now, should we get Let's to the... jump into question? it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first, I want to talk about Senator Ron Johnson. Um, no, no, we have to introduce. We have to introduce the. Oh. Like, oh yes. Okay. So I named this part of the segment um, "bad!" exclamation mark and then "misogyny!" exclamation mark. I feel like that really sums up. And with Valentine's Day coming up. That's oh perfect, yeah. You know. So yeah, we decided it. Hopefully, this is coming out on Valentine's Day. If it's past Valentine's Day and you're listening to this, sorry <laughs> we didn't get it out in time. But I mean, that's basically this the brand of this podcast. But um, happy Valentine's Day if you're listening on Valentine's Day. Um, if you're sad and alone, same. Yeah, it's 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 mutual. It's mutual, but that's why we release this podcast on this day. Actually, so Ellie, you're not alone. I'm here. I'm oh, that's true. Time. We have each other. Oh. So we're okay. just sad. We're saddened together. We're just sad. Okay, we're good. We're just, we're sad. just sad. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, that's the t- <laughs> We decided to focus this episode um, on misogyny. Because what better way to celebrate Valentine's the romance Day. and love that characterizes Valentine's Day than with an incredibly critical evaluation of all of the misogyny in the American political sphere right now? Yeah. <laughs> Could not have said it better than myself. <laughs> not have said it better myself <laughs> like i think i think i heard this valentine's day was literally created out of like big businesses right they made it like a marketing thing yeah is that, is that a thing? i mean i know there's a whole like it's market. actually it's named after saint valentine yeah yeah i knew that which it's i don't cute. know that's all i know about it though i don't know anything beyond that i don't know 
Okay, we should probably get to the news. <laughs> okay, Wait, so oh Wait, you know what we should do? What? We can kind of cut this out. Or this could be the actual part, but like for for when we like publicize it or when mm-hmm. we like post it, we should just make this a separate audio clip about yeah. that's what all the or like a funny thing that we talk about and then post it and that'll be like the intro to it. Yeah, I see like a I follow a bunch of podcast Instagrams and they do they like post a little clip. Maybe this could be the little clip. Oh. Okay, little clip time. Little clip time. <laughs> Wait, has the clip already passed or are we about to start the clip? I don't know. Okay, whatever. I'll figure out an editing. It's fine. I wish we had an editor. <laughs> that could be the clip. <laughs> if, you're, if you're out there and you have experience in audio editing, um, and you are I'll give you like I'll give you like 47 cents if you Oh, I was gonna say free, but 47 cents. That's a pretty good deal. Which just just hit me up on Venmo. Yeah, hit <laughs> smash that Venmo like button. Just smash that Venmo like button. Hit us up on Instagram if you uh we won't pay you, but please, because we don't know what we're doing. So <laughs> make clips for us. Anyways, okay. Senator Ron Johnson. So this is pretty recent, uh, as of a few hours ago, Sunday morning. Today is Sunday the 7th, February 7th, by the way, in case you are super interested. Um, So he went on Fox News and tried to claim that the impeachment that the Democrats in the Senate are um, trying to advance is a deflection of um, the uh, like the planned capital attacks. I believe I'm going to check check on this, but I believe he tried to claim that Pelosi um, tried to like advance or was a part of the capital attacks. Yeah, I believe it was something about insider, uh, some sort of like insider knowledge. But the thing is, I mean, really, it comes down to accountability. Like, it's not even about right. No one's blaming. I mean, like, well, some people are blaming because there's some blame to be shared. But um, I'm not directly blaming every single Republican senator. You know, like there are only a couple that directly incited it. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously I believe is criminal, but, um, it's the fact that no one can take accountability for it, you know, and that's frustrating. Like, like right. I learned that when I was three, you know, like if I had, if I did something bad, my consequence was timeout and they're just not getting any consequences, you know? So right. when they do, they, they shift it. So, and I think that's one of the biggest arguments going on in Washington. It was actually a question I had for you is like, um, by the way, if you couldn't tell, we're both <laughs> Democrats. So, <laughs> so the, the, we have that bias. We will go ahead and admit that. Um, but uh, I'm seeing a lot of like debate on like, do we move on from the Trump era? You know, because Anna, before we filmed this, was like, why are they still reporting on Trump? And like, I have the same question, but I think a large part of it is like, you have to hold those accountable for that attack mm-hmm. because that is a huge stain on american history american politics well and it's it's no longer about trump you know and so that's right. what i'm referencing was you know why why am i seeing pictures of him but it is about the legacy of corruption that he has left behind um and he really changed the entire uh the entire sphere of american politics i mean the entire environment um of you know political correctness that that used to be there uh the environment of professionalism respect respect yeah just, i mean in general and there are so many things but um he's kind of turned it into uh something that we have not seen before um mm-hmm. and I at think, least in our lives no yeah um i i don't think in the i mean i don't know but for studying history yeah. I, I don't think any time any other time either um and it's it's interesting to watch people kind of conform to that instead of standing up to it and i think that i, I do think that that's what it's about yeah and so, and also adding on to that, Anna said he's kind of changed the entire like American political like environment and sphere. 
I would even say more specifically, he's changed the GOP. Because, I mean, during the Democratic primaries, if we go way back uh, before the general election, the, the Democratic primary elections, uh, you know, you had Republicans and just everyone saying, you know, oh, the Democratic Party is so split. I mean, you had like 20 candidates for president on that debate stage at one yep. point. And, and it, I mean, it was very it was very split between the Bernie Sanders and the Joe Bidens. And um, and obviously, you know, we came to a consensus. We um, elected a president. Uh, but and now it's very interesting because it's like, if you look at the Republican Party, I mean, I think Trump and McConnell have split it. And I think that it's either like, oh, if you're a real GOP member, then you do support everything Trump supports, or you do lack that respect for it. It's become you know, an allegiance to a person. Right. It's become an allegiance to a person, which is incredibly terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, uh, well, the, the MAGA Patriot Party actually just registered in Texas. There'll be a, a sect that's kind of splitting off a little bit because there are mainstream Republicans who are, um, you know, standing up to certain things and, and condemning um, the violence that was incited. But there are a lot who aren't. Um, and the they, I believe they call it the MAGA Patriot Party. Yeah, I did see. I didn't know that they registered. I did see that Trump was like, yeah, I'm going to start the Patriot Party, which is so scary because again if we don't hold him accountable and he's able to run again and maybe he's lost a lot of you know republican support across the country but if he is able to form this third party and if he's able to gain enough support because there there are all those maga people out there are all those people who have been um, indoctrined by conspiracy theories like QAnon, if he is able to like at least get a little momentum that is terrifying what does that say about the american Uh I didn't find much. They did register. I found the registration form. Um, but other than that, I, I, I don't know if it's picked up in other states yet. Again, I mean, we've, we've got four more years until they can actually do anything. So, um, but it will be interesting to watch how that plays out. I agree. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's very much changed GOP. I mean, you even had splits this week between um, Kevin McCarthy and um, who was the other one? I'm trying to look. It was, oh, Liz Cheney. Remember how she, uh, she voted to, uh, she voted to um, certify, right? Certify the election results? Yeah, yeah, certify the election results, yep. And uh, Kevin McCarthy, who's the minority leader in the House, like flipped out. Hey, hi, this is Ella in the future editing. Um, What I also meant to say in this clip, and this is a very important piece of information, is Liz Cheney, uh, Representative Liz Cheney, also um, voted to impeach Donald Trump, which is what really upset Kevin McCarthy, which is the point I was trying to make is that there is that split uh, more recently in the GOP, not just with Donald Trump. Okay, return to the podcast. He's the only minority he's ever been a part of. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's struggling to kind of adapt to that. Yeah, I think so too. But <laughs> you better get used to it. Um, not, not being a minority because he's a white man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, so again, you have Ron Johnson, just going back to the original, we kind of like went all over the place, which is totally fine. I was going to go to Josh Hawley. Okay, yeah, let's go to, okay. So basically just to sum it up, a lot of Republicans are now trying to shift the blame of the Capitol riots on Pelosi and the Democrats, which are we surprised? Not necessarily. Um, but going back to the Capitol riots, we um, can, let's check in what Josh Hawley's doing. No, Mr. Hawley has been kind of wild and lately. Uh, he's really tried to step up as one of the GOP leaders. Um, and as we're talking about in that 
in that MAGA split, he definitely takes, or in that GOP split, sorry, he definitely takes that, you know, MAGA patriot type side. Um, so he's been kind of, I think, struggling to maintain that identity. He's been getting a lot of flack from some of the more moderate Republicans. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, on top of that, we've got your lovely senator. I can't, I still can't. Oh, Marjorie, is that how you say it? Yeah. Every single time I've tried to say her name, I say Marjorie. there's an r in the name i just don't know so marjorie taylor green she is quite the talk of the week in american politics uh she is a representative from my state how she got elected baffles me i think i saw something (laughs) might have been on tiktok so that's not very reliable (laughs) but i think i saw something it's like there was either too many candidates in the field which happens often or i saw something that like her democratic opponent like moved away i don't know i really want to let's google it let's look into it because how she got elected is very scary it's also very interesting it's so contradictory to stacy abrams's georgia ossoff's georgia well that's what interests me about georgia really because missouri is a traditionally red state um st louis and kansas city and i think columbia uh usually go blue or i think have always gone blue anyway but um other than that it's a very rural very agricultural state and so we don't really have much of a split. You know, we have the cities and we have the country. Um, but Georgia fascinates me. I mean, like, you can speak to that a lot more than I can, but I, I, um, I'm baffled by the amount of differences and in, in, um, not, not necessarily polarization, but just there are a lot of different ideologies going on there. Yeah, no, it is a lot. And I, I live in the suburbs and um, it is... Uh, majority Republican. Sorry, I had a I had a shout out driver's license there. Um, anyways, oh, you go listening. Yeah, hey girl. Hey. So nice of you to listen to our podcast. <laughs> she would click off immediately. <laughs> no, let's not be so harsh on ourselves. Maybe no, no. Um, I feel like we're being self-critical. You know what? She will listen to this, Ella. She will. Let's manifest it. Speaking All of right. existence. Um. Oh, you think that's manifesting? <laughs> 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 Meditation. Same thing. Use them interchangeably. Um, so the suburbs. Yes, that's where we were. I, I do live in the suburbs. So I don't, um, I live about uh, like uh, two hours from Atlanta. So uh, I don't live in Atlanta, which is a lot where the um, Democratic vote is coming from because it is a, a majority black population in Atlanta and also there's some pl- there's some bigger cities um in South Georgia like Savannah and Brunswick and stuff like that that are contributing but no it is Georgia is very interesting and I think uh Stacey Abrams was right when she um I listened to this podcast I remember she pitched to these guys like you need to invest in in Georgia being a swing state because it's the future of America. And I remember listening to that and thinking like, what is she talking about? Like, love her, but like, so so lost. (laughs) Like, how, how? Um, But I think she really was right in the fact that you have um, these conflicting ideologies and you have uh, people who are looking forward, looking progressively. And then there is very much a rural Georgia uh, that, I mean, like even the, the suburbs, there are, cow fields everywhere and there are it's still very you know rural rural and um yeah so i think georgia is um a very interesting paradox and that's something that i think will definitely be examined in the next four years and then leading up to the mm-hmm. election as well is what what's going to happen there between you know the um that more rural area and then 
Stacey Abrams of the world. So, yeah. Um, speaking of Stacey Abrams, we'll get into some good, good stuff that's going on. The $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package uh, has been released. It wasn't as much as they originally promised, but it is something um, I think they're, I hope they would uh, work towards more, you know, so. Right. But at least we got that going. We do have that going. A lot of Republicans and maybe some Democrats were critical of how this bill was passed. It was passed through budget reconciliation, which requires uh, just a simple majority. So basically, it was a loophole for Democrats to pass this with their uh, with the 50-50 split plus president of the Senate, a.k.a. Vice President Harris, to be able to push it over the edge and get this bill passed. Um, So a lot of people, you know, Joe Biden from the beginning of the primaries campaigned off of unity, healing. uh, And I think, you know, a lot of people are criticizing him. It's like, oh, well, this isn't unity or, you know, you're not um, you're not including Republicans in the discussions or whatever. And I I mean, I can see, you know, at first glance, um, it does seem like, oh, I guess that's true because you're using a loophole that doesn't include Republicans. However, I would divert and say, well, why are Republicans not supporting COVID relief? I, I know it has a huge... No, it's, it's a compromise that I think is very one-sided right now. Yeah, I think it is. And I think it's like, yes, it has a big price tag, $1.9 trillion. Uh, That is a lot of money. But um, you, I mean, you look look at America. You have families who are struggling to... No, just this morning, I, I saw it. Um, there were two people. It's freezing out in Kansas City right now. Um and there were two people just sitting on the ice um wrapped up in blankets and there's not much you can do you know and you and you wish that you could help in some way but uh you know we're relying on on our representatives um and that's why it's scary when we talk about you know marjorie taylor green uh josh holly that's why it's scary when, when we reference that um because those are the people that are responsible you know and so right it's hard it is and i think I mean, the United States already has a too large of a homelessness population. They already have um, lots and lots of, you know, people in poverty that it it aligns with um, systemic issues, which gets into systemic racism and just poverty cycle, which is a whole, whole nother issue. I mean, it's all interconnected, but it's a separate conversation. But um, COVID is disproportionately impacting those communities. And um, I think that it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, Republicans in Congress can't move past that. And I think personally, it was smart. I mean, obviously, we want as much bipartisanship as possible. We want to show the American people or Congress wants to show the American people that um, their elected officials can unify um, behind helping them. But at the end of the day, I think you need to focus more on the results and the product of the bill rather than the means. Um, You know, Biden and Congress got $1,400 of a stimulus check out to people um, on Friday, which is adding on to the $600, which was certainly not enough that was passed um, a few months ago. And um, also tomorrow on Monday, um, the child tax credit bill is going to be, or Congress's, or the House, excuse me, is pushing that, which will give $3,000 per child ages um, 7 to 17. And then below the ages of 7, families get, um, I believe I read 
$3,400, so even more. Um, and I think that's incredibly important because, again, families with children, they're trying to provide for their children before anything else, most likely. Uh, and so I think that is a good bit of news. Um, I think that the Washington, you know, narrative of, oh, this isn't unity or, um, I don't know, I just, I think it's... They're, they're, they're pushing an agenda of division. Right. Despite, despite the claims of unity that, that the Democrats are kind of trying to push more. Um, and there is, a, you know, a side to both, but at the same time, like I said, you know, there has to be some sort of willingness to compromise. And I don't think we're seeing that. No, I don't. And, and that has been American politics since I can remember. I mean, I know there was a time in which Republican and Democrats worked together, but we are young. And all I remember is like in seventh grade, waking up, finding out Trump got elected. And I would say probably from there on out, division has been um, at the forefront of American politics. And it's like, at this point, we are in such a bad spot. Like, I'll admit it, like, we're not thriving. <laughs> we are not thriving right now. We not are. No, nope. I mean, we are in like uh, midway through second semester vibes. Vibes, yeah. And we, we are literally midway. Well, not maybe not midway, but we're literally in second semester. But that it's feeling also like that, yeah. Yeah, that you know what I'm talking about? The, just the right. pure burnout just, where you're like. It just seems so far away. You Yeah, where you're like, I don't even know if I can like mm-hmm. get myself out of bed. That's where America is right now. <laughs> But but we need leaders who will get us out of bed. If you're listening to this, go run for office. Yeah. (laughs) We can't. Because we cannot. Um, So that is a good bit of news, the COVID package. Um, And also, one more thing I'll add. The thing that also makes me upset about, you know, Republicans pushing um, this divisive like criticism of the lack of unity which is kind of like a pair like ironic it's like you're mad that there's no unity so you're going to make it a more divisive issue i don't know that's a whole separate thing but um biden is not doing anything he didn't say he was going to do he said he was going to pass a huge stimulus package this is what the american people voted for it's not like he went in there and did i mean exactly so it's like, why are they surprised? And obviously they're going to fight against it because they are conservatives. And at the root of conservatism is, um, you know, government is the problem, basically. And like, hands off, like... Um, Law government. Yeah, right. And so it's like, but at, at this point, it's like, no, you need the government involved um, to support American lives at this point. And I, I know that was kind of dramatic. It's not... It's. I don't know. But it's not. I mean, it would have been dramatic. I say I'd say that would have been dramatic a couple of years ago. But I think we're to the point now where that's true. I mean, like American lives are dependent on certain bills being passed, Um, whether that be, you know, money, uh, welfare systems, food stamps um, or just vaccinations. Uh, The vaccine rollout, you know, I think we'll probably end up covering that in a couple more episodes here. But um, that's going to be quite a big deal as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so moving past COVID, we want to talk about some, um, I call this segment, cool and not misogynistic (laughs) things men and women are doing, um, which I feel like is pretty uh, straightforward and fitting. Um, So we have Representative Dean Phillips from Minnesota. He went on the House floor. So I don't know if people listening saw on Twitter or heard, but AOC kind of reserved, I think it was two hours Am I wrong, Anna? I don't know. Basically, just time on the House floor for people to tell their stories regarding um, the Capitol riots on the 6th of January. And I was also following her Instagram live where she kind of told her very traumatizing experience regarding 
basically almost losing, or she thought she was going to lose her life in these riots um, or the the capital storming. Um, and so she she did get a lot of. Um, well, we'll get to that in a second. That yeah, was, that we'll was that, but so after you know, kind of telling her own story, she wanted to create a place for other representatives to tell their stories. And one of them is the lesser known representative, Dean Phillips. I don't know who he is. I don't know a lot about him. I didn't yeah, because I mean, you do, you do have those representatives that, you know, they do their job, they show up, they fly under the radar. And I feel like mm-hmm. he's one of them. He is a Democrat, but he went on the House floor and he actually apologized for not understanding um, his privilege, because apparently when the Capitol was being stormed, he told his Democratic colleagues, you know, um, you know, go let's, I don't know, he was like, moved to the other side of the house. Yeah, he says here, I felt that the insurrectionists who were trying to break down the doors would spare us if they simply mistook us for Republicans. So he wanted to cross the aisle, you know. He mm-hmm. continues, but within moments, I recognized that blending in was not an option for my colleagues of color, um, which is powerful. I mean, that's something that I don't think any of us thought about. It's something that he clearly didn't think about. And mind you, this this is one of the um, most public I mean, I mean, once, once you get into Congress, you're you're a representative, you know, he's, he's educated, he's smart. Um, one of the most public figures and he was unable to recognize that until that moment as well. And that's scary. And I think, yeah, it is scary. And I think it's, it's also, yeah, it's a testament to like, you can be super educated and still not have done that inner work of checking your privilege. But I also think it's a testament to it's, he's, he's a Democrat. He, he aligns with a lot of things AOC believes and, um, a lot of those other really progressive, um, you know, people of color in Congress. Um, but the fact is uh, he could still have that belief like inside of him that there's, there's, that he doesn't have that much privilege, but he still is the same party affiliation. I think that that's what really uh, kind of not threw me off, but surprised me. It's like, yeah, I mean, you can, uh, being a white man um, does not have an assigned political party like you still need to uh, recognize your privilege just because you stand with one just because you align with with one ideology doesn't mean that you can that you that you know you're privileged yeah exactly yeah um so I think that was really compelling this week uh if you haven't seen the other clips of uh representatives telling their story uh I know Cori Bush um who's a freshman representative from Missouri actually their first Mm -hmm. district right Anna I don't know um but no she's really awesome I've been tracking her for years because she was in the documentary with AOC and she's like uh not a career politician she's an activist she gave a really um I haven't seen it but I've heard it was really really awesome um testimony on the house floor and then um who was the other one Anna there was another one um was it Radisha I can't yeah, yeah. uh Radisha Tlaib Tlaib I need an know how to say that uh she gave a really awesome she was like crying and she was you know it was very emotional this is obviously a very traumatic and emotional experience for many people including our representatives and so um that was cool and not misogynistic (laughs) that was really moving and um, that fits into our cool not misogynistic category like that's pretty pretty fitting (laughs) um but prior to these um house discussions or these house speeches you had AOC's live where she talks about um, her experience. So Anna, do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, what's interesting about this is she was opening up about uh, trauma and and, um, just kind of the psychological development of compounded trauma. So she actually uh, alluded to her, or not alluded, I mean, she directly stated uh, she was experiencing 
uh, trauma from a sexual assault that she had been a victim of uh, years prior, um, which is brave. I mean, like we've seen that with the Me Too movement. We've seen that um, with all of the different, you know, Hollywood celebrities and, and whatnot that have uh, finally getting consequences for their actions um, over the years. But, but we've seen women become brave enough to finally speak out. Um, and she and she was. Um, so not only was she, you know, alluding to some of that, uh, the Capitol riots and, and the trauma that she and her colleagues experienced from that, but she was talking about how it was compounded by this. And um, I thought it was very brave. I didn't think anybody could really refute that. But uh, conservative Twitter went crazy. They did not appreciate that. Um, a lot of them um, were either uh, calling it fake um, or calling it emotional manipulation. Um, or saying she was being too dramatic. Move yeah. on. Exactly. And, and and that's the thing is, um, and then not only would they say that, but I saw another tweet that, uh, not from not from that side of the aisle, but another tweet that mentioned um, how not only do bigots and misogynists um, have to discredit women when they come out about these things, they are determined to uh, completely demolish their reputation, you know? And so right. it's not even about the sexual assault anymore. It's about making sure their character is completely defamed. Right. Um, I did not get to watch, obviously, the whole 90-minute live. I've seen clips and such, but I think uh, for me personally, as a woman, uh, it was very inspirational to see her come forward, and it, and it, it, pro it probably took so much courage because, I mean, she, she waited a while, rightfully so, you know, do it on your own time to come forward, so obviously it was probably a very um, hard thing to do, but necessary. So, just for me personally, you know, I teared up when I was watching it because I was like, I can't imagine fearing for my life at my own job and being one of the most, being like holding a high position of power in government. He's definitely one of the most hated politicians by by those on, um, I mean, by QAnon conspiracy. I mean, I've seen a lot of things where right. she's just accused of crazy stuff, you know, so. It, it's just, it's so terrifying and, and I can't, I just can't, I can't imagine, um, First of all, because I'm not a person of color, so I do have that privilege um, of, you know, not having to maybe worry about being as directly attacked as she was. But um, I also, you know, take what I took away from that Instagram live is, um, you know, the Capitol riots were very scary. Um, and obviously I, I took it seriously and I was upset. But kind of how I perceived them at first, I would say in like the month of January, is that it was an attack on democratic ideas. It was an attack on our, I mean, you saw time and time again, the phrase an attack on our democracy all over the news. And I think that's right. And although, um, you know, multiple people lost their lives, I did, I, I did not know the extent to which it was endangering physically to the representatives' lives. Yeah. I knew that a lot of police officers lost their lives. And um, I think there's a lot of details that we're still finding out, you know? So. Right. And so I think what I took away from this is like, oh, oh my gosh, like this was like physic physically endangering to these members of Congress. Like I didn't know AOC and, and a bunch of other people were that close mm -hmm. to the danger. I thought they had been, I mean, I know that they were not um, evacuated as quickly as they should have been, but I didn't, I mean, like just hearing her say that she had to hide behind her door because she thought it was a person, you know, coming in her office when it was really just an officer or the fact that like no um, Capitol police would escort her to the location. Like I didn't know it was that 
um, extreme. Extreme. And so I think um, it was very, you know, necessary. And well, I think it's also scary to, you know, look at some of that. Like it's, it, it's, it's a much easier life to live when you don't know that stuff happened, you know? And, and so, you know, we all, uh, we all obviously know about the insurrection and the riot, but um, we're less aware of the actual details uh, mm-hmm. and the personal effect that it had on people's lives. And I think that's hard to learn about, but I think, I think it's necessary. Right. Uh, speaking of Twitter, like we were earlier, uh, our, our newest segment, which is ironic because it's our first episode, but <laughs> our newest segment, <laughs> we are calling, are we doing a little jingle here? Stupid tweets of the week. I think you should just do it. Stupid tweets. <laughs> <laughs> it's called stupid tweets of the week. You know what? We should on our own turn, like on our own time, we should create a little jingle and then we can insert we it for future. So watch out for that. Everyone get ready for. Um, yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, three tweets for you today. Actually four, if you combine the last two, but we'll get there. Um, mm-hmm. First off, we've got Candace Owens kind of casually, cashmere casually announcing her uh, presidential run. Yeah. <laughs> she says, she says Oh, go ahead. She says, I love America, thinking about running for president. And um, just as a display of patriotism, she included the American flag emoji, which I thought was just uh, insanely so good. So good. She's the one she's the one who like, like deeply criticized Harry Styles, right? Yeah. She she has a lot of issues with men in dresses and a lot of issues i think we could just stop there just a lot of issues but there's a lot of issues especially with men in dresses she does not yeah. do all that. i thought i recognized the name yeah she she sounds like a treat huh oh it, she's fun we should have her on hey candace <laughs> <laughs> <She laughs> <was nice. laughs> yeah. okay so our next one um is from representative matt gates uh, i believe he's a florida representative right yeah yeah so I think that tells you something. It's already explained a lot, yeah. <laughs> so on Saturday, yesterday, he said, quote, if the Dems want to be, I don't know if I should say this word. Uh, we might get censored by our publishing yeah. company. Oh, yeah, we're really official. You can spell it, can't we? Um, it's, okay, no, it's it's in Cardi B's song. It's um, there's some blank. In this house. Does that, does that give you guys a word? <laughs> if that tells- we'll just say like, if you didn't get that, you're probably too young to be listening. So, or you just have bad taste in music. <laughs> you just really have not listened to the radio. And like, um, anyways, he said, if the Dems want to be, you know, that too big business, so be it. I won't. Which, like, I, congrats. I, I don't, I don't know I don't how, how to react. respond to that. Um, like, so he's just telling us that he won't be a. Uh, you know, censored. I also think it's funny that like, so he's a Republican and the Republican party is, you know, famously supposed to, I mean, now they um, campaign a lot off of, you know, Christian ideals. And it's very like, um, I I don't know, the party of, I don't know, like politeness. I don't know how you would define it, but it's very like proper, like Mm -hmm. censor yourself. And the fact that he's like using this somewhat, you know, um, explicit language is just kind of ironic to me it's like dude I, yeah 
I agree. You, I mean, you yell at AOC for using the F word and you're going to, you know, say that. It's kind of like, I don't know, I guess stick to your campaign promises, stick to your party. And obviously I want to make it clear that, you know, not one party is just Christian. And that's something, you know, Pete Buttigieg, now the transportation secretary, which is kind of funny. I mean, not funny, good for him, but just interesting. Um, but a big thing he ran off of because he is a Christian is, you know, Christianity does not belong to one party. Anyways, that's whole yeah. Yeah. All right. Next. I, could, I could talk for hours about that. Um, last last tweet, last tweets, I guess, I guess it's plural. Uh, we have Josh Hawley, my beloved senator, Josh <laughs> Hawley. Uh, he tweets, um, I guess two days ago, so it would have been Friday. He tweets, woke capital promotes their cronies and their left-wing agenda while trying to silence conservatives. We can't give in. I also looked through the rest of his Twitter feed. He had like three other tweets about silencing conservatives in like 24 hours, um, which that's fine. I mean, you can, you can claim that. But then his next tweet was, enjoyed talking to lots of Missouri reporters the last two weeks. Thanks for having me. And then he tags one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, did I count that right? It's either 14 or 15. 14 or 15 media accounts that were allowing him a platform. I mean, and this is like, I think like 18 hours after he tweeted how everybody's trying to silence conservatives and he won't give in. Like, I just, it makes sense. It, it's so obviously contradictory. And also my favorite thing is like the tweet where he said, you know, woke capital promote, promotes blah, 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 blah. We won't give in. Um, it's a news clip, first of all, showing that he's really, like, at the time, was not being silenced. But he was also on Fox News. <laughs> so I don't, is he saying that Fox News is, is, I, is it advancing these left-wing agenda? Or, like, is he, like, was he just on, I think maybe? I don't know. I'm so confused. Just, There's just a lot to unpack there, and I I don't even think we could have him on the show, and I don't think he'd be able to explain all that to us. No, um, I don't think so either. It's a very it's a pretty hypocritical. I mean, he's got he's got some big big news stations on here too. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's also yeah, clearly you're not being silenced if you have a social media account, sir. <laughs> yeah. You are you are speaking a lot, and you have yeah. 125,000 views on that clip. So bask in the glory, why don't you? Because you're not being silenced in the slightest. And you never will be as a white man. So actually, no, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't say never, but it's less likely. Yeah. Yeah. It's unlikely. Okay. Um, we're going to end it with a lighter note because I feel like we've kind of talked about some scary, dark stuff. Right. As in our know. Around the World segment. Actually, no, the first part is not a light note, I guess. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, it's not. But but first, we want to say that the purpose we want to include, um, you know, world politics and world news in every episode, because um, first of all, for me personally, it's um, a lot to keep up with world politics just because there's a lot going on in America. And it, and um, I know it can feel unnecessary to learn about all these different countries and what's going on in them. But I think it really helps with your um, you know worldly perspective and trying to you know, reverse that probably ingrained sentiment in you that America is the center of the universe, because, yeah. I mean, I feel like sometimes Americans are, you know, indoctrined to feel that way. So we want to mm -hmm. include some worldly things. Yep. Get outside of ourselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, first up, Ella, you know a little bit more about this than I do, but Myanmar? Yes. So Myanmar, um, 
I will direct, if you really want to know a lot more information about this, I will direct you to a podcast called Pod Save the World. Um, it's really awesome. There's They did almost an entire episode on this that I listened to, and I'm going to try to recall some things, but I will probably leave out some details. But uh, I'll try to keep this brief, but Myanmar basically um, has this military state or kind of a party, I guess you could say, um, and it's trying to take over the more progressive party. Um, I'm trying to remember there is a woman who is the head of the progressive party, and it's it's actually very interesting because um, they, ha- they, ho- they hold these democratic democratic elections. Um, but, and, and each time the more progressive party or the, you know, the, the party that is not the military state um, wins about 85% of the vote or uh, way over majority. So it's clear that the people don't want the military um, or the military militaristic party in charge. Um, but, you know, this party has been trying to overthrow or take over um, the democracy. Uh, I wish I had more details. Anna, can you add anything to that? Yeah, no, just uh, AP headlines this morning, thousands of people are rallying against it, uh, which makes sense considering I mean, if it is 85%, um, there are a lot more commoners than there are leaders in military party uh, members. So um, we'll see how that plays out. I, I know they declared some sort of like emergency, uh, I think a state of emergency for the next year actually. So mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll stay updated on that. And other than that, um, that's about the biggest thing that I've seen this week in news, but we, we do have some, uh, good news from Australia. News, <laughs> just, we figured so we include- we'll preface this. Australia. We'll preface this by saying <laughs> that before we recorded this podcast episode, <laughs> me and Anna were planning out like what we were going to talk about and just preparing and everything. And I don't know how we got into this, honestly. How- we were, okay, it's because... I was trying to do an Australian accent, or I was trying to do an accent oh. of some sort, or no, Minnesota, and I, it sounds Australian. Like no, Canadian. Canadian. It was Canadian. Canadian, yeah. Because like, she said, like, sorry or something, I was like, oh, and she sounded very Canadian, and then she tried to do it again, and it just was not, it was not right, so she sounded Australian, and yeah, then no, no. the topic of kangaroos kangaroos well it's because i mentioned ah uh, the australian accent is not working as in no it was kind of good <laughs> because i mentioned the uh kangaroo pouches that i saw uh on the tiktok <laughs> yeah so we both <laughs> we both saw this tiktok um we will probably be referencing tiktok a lot on this podcast but i'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you are on it like six hours a day too but um no there's this tiktok and it was like showing the inside of this kangaroo pouch and it was so interesting but kind of like repulsive repulsive because there it's like i don't know which you, is also coincidentally what i would kind of describe the podcast as <laughs> repulsive but interesting, interesting. yeah could that be our new Instagram bio? <laughs> Interesting but repulsive. Okay. People not listen to it. No, no, that's no. We're not doing that. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna keep what we got right now. But basically, we were like, how does that work? Because you know, when you're younger, uh, children's books are just I don't know. Society assumes that the uh, kangaroo pouch is like literally a pouch. Like you have the it's kangaroo one little blanket. Yeah, it's like just like this little like. Like, basically, like, you know, the king... Okay, I'm going to use a, intro- a weird analogy, but I think it's going to make sense. You're wearing a sweatshirt, right? Okay, you have the sweatshirt, and then you know how they sew on the pocket, mm-hmm. right? So I just thought that the kangaroo was, like, you know, the sweatshirt, and then it had this little pouch that was, like, just 
on them. I don't know. I didn't think about it that day. But no, we've been mistaken our entire childhood. Exactly. So explain it, Anna. Um, It's literally like in the organs. Like, so the kangaroo is born. The baby kangaroo is born. Little Roo, a joey. That's what they call it. A joey is born. And then it just like crawls up and it's, it's in the mother's pouch and the mother feeds the joey milk by like forcing it through using the abdominal muscles. Isn't that weird? That's so scary. But yeah, like in politics, you can learn so many kangaroo facts. Yeah, the, this is what we do at ACC. <laughs> Not only politics, but kangaroos. No, so we just thought we would, um, you know, end on a higher note. Maybe we'll create a segment just for weird facts. Can that mean- be a separate podcast for kangaroo gestation. <laughs> just for kangaroos? Just for kangaroo gestation, specifically. I think you should pioneer that on your own. You're not going to join me? <laughs> I will support you. Actually, no, I will. I'll, I'll be a guest like every other week. But okay. there, I feel like there's only so much kangaroo stuff out there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If anyone wants to, <laughs> if anyone wants to join me on my kangaroo. Yeah, kangaroo podcast, because Anna was genuinely so like interested in this idea that they had like organs and stuff. It was it was very funny, and so we included it because. This per- this podcast is just a FaceTime call between us, honestly. It is. It's a recorded FaceTime call that we publicize on Instagram. Yeah. So it's a little bit into our brains, lives, friendship, weird things. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I think that about does it. I hope that you guys enjoyed this first episode of 866 Politics with me and Anna. All of us. Yeah. From all of us here at 866 Politics, we thank you for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time. We need to have a catchphrase. Yeah, we do. If you, we'll, guys any, if you guys have any suggestions for a catchphrase, just include it in the comments. We'll work on that. Also, uh, follow our Instagram and please drop um, like ideas for like fun segments because we, we want to make this informational. But obviously, we know our place as teenagers that like we can't analyze this with a bunch of political experience, <laughs> like political pundits can. So... We want to make it fun and, you know, relevant to our age group so you guys can know the news, but also not have to turn off the podcast after five minutes, which is honestly probably what's going to happen, but we're going to try. Yeah, we'll try. All right. Bye, guys. Catch you on the flippity flop. (laughs) All right, we good? (laughs)